Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to the Monday edition of Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. I mean, myself first. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's Grover McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can go back and watch them and listen to them at your own leisure. So make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Also, make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, find Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes. Ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. That's on all podcast platform searches. And make sure you follow War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have an opinion on any of our uh, topics during our two-hour extravaganza we call the Sports Radio Show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But decide to troll, you know, do something stupid, or just straight up act a fool. I've given Lakina full, full boat to give you the Beerland Beer Boot. Bye-bye. I love when she says that. <laughs> Speaking of giving the opponents to boot, Lakina, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports by discussing the, the Chicago Bulls. It looks like we're going to throw some flowers on their season here early, Lakina, after going 0 for 2 for the weekend. They getting destroyed. They got destroyed in games 3 and 4 against the Milwaukee Bucks, their arch division rivals. The Milwaukee Bucks up into the Bulls in game four yesterday at the UC, but let's go of 119 to 117. The Milwaukee Bucks role players helped out Giannis Antetokounmpo while the Bulls superstar players struggled in both home games. Lakina, it's just that simple. Let's break this down. Many, we, I think we talked about this on our last show on Friday. Many Bulls fans thought that this series was going to be a breeze after Chris Milton injured his knee, sprained his MCL following the game two loss on last Wednesday. 
Many Bulls fans thought that this series was going to be a breeze. Maybe Milwaukee would win one game, but we should win this series no and no worse than six games. <clears throat> Milwaukee said, no way, we're still the defending world champions. Our world players came to play. While the superstars uh, struggle in front of a home crowd, which haven't seen a home victory for that team since 2015. Lakina, uh, game four yesterday, even though the Bulls did hang in there, unlike on Friday night, but it, it ain't hard to tell, as rapper Nas once said. Milwaukee was clearly the better team. The Bulls better find answers between now and game five on Wednesday, which it benefited them last week with having an extra day between games one and two. They have an extra day between games four and five. Maybe it'll, it'll go in their favor, but the Bulls have injuries right now, including Alex Caruso, who was knocked out of yesterday's game due to concussion, which he did not return. The Milwaukee is just a better team. There's no way to, to, uh, I'm yeah, fine. There's like, uh, it's, it's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Milwaukee is just a better team, and the Bulls yeah, uh, really failed no, to show up this week. There's weekend. really no way to sugarcoat it, Sid. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like I think, I think folks are sort of starting to see that maybe, okay, yeah. And, and, it, and I think, look, Isaiah Thomas said it best. Lonzo Ball, I think, not having him there to facilitate both the offense and defensive side of the ball. And I think what makes it worse is that Grayson Allen is all of a sudden, you know, now he's becoming like, okay, here we go. He's sort of like the guy that's, you know, that's sort of that's killing the Bulls. I mean, go figure. But uh, it, it's sort of one of those things where you just, you, you really, I don't think there's really nothing more you can say. I think injuries like Caruso's going to be out because they're saying there might have been a concussion to be hit in the face. So it's just, you know, at this point, I don't want to say throwing a towel. I think they'll try to find a way to win but uh, on Wednesday. But I, I just think that at this point, I think, look, I know because people, you know how Bulls Twitter is, you know, they're already starting to say, well, is Zach a Max player? Who can we get for Vooj? Who can we get for Kobe and P. Will and all that stuff? It's just annoying at this point. I'm just like, I'm already over it and we're not even in the off season yet. But uh, look, I think, <laughs> look, I think Milwaukee show you why they're the defending champions. Okay, fine. You know, I, I, I don't have them going, you know, to, you know, to the Eastern Conference. I don't have them, you know, going to the final. So it really doesn't make a difference to me at this point. But, you know, let, let's at least, you know, let's at least let's go out, you know, with a fight. At least let's, let's try to kind of, you know, sort of try to build on this. And, you know, we'll see what happens from there. Let's break down the box score from yesterday's loss. Lakina, let's start with the Chicago Bulls. Patrick Williams had 20 points off a 7-13 shooting to go along with 10 rebounds. DeMar DeRozan had 23 points, 8 of 20 shooting. He had a horrible shooting weekend along with his buddy Zach Levine who had 24 points he did start out hot early with 12 first quarter points Zach Levine did but he struggled for the rest of the game he had 8 to 18 shooting overall to a 6 on 3 point range Javante Green only 2 points and 4 rebounds and 6 minutes of action off the bench uh, Kobe White 2 points 0 with 3 from downtown 1 of 5 overall that's not going to get it done Nikolai Vucevic who disappeared both defensively and offensively over the weekend yesterday's uh, game for a loss uh he had a double-double, but it didn't look good. 11 points, 10 rebounds. That's just not going to get it done. Alex Caruso, as I mentioned at the top, uh, went out with that concussion yesterday. 17 minutes of action, only uh, four rebounds and four assists, no points. Lakina, 37-19. to 19, That was the advantage for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, scoring-wise coming off the bench. That told the story for me yesterday. Giannis Antetokounmpo could do whatever you wanted. I think we knew that coming into the series, Lakina, but – the defensive rotation for the Bulls was horrible. In Grayson Allen, 49 points, 11 to 14 shooting from downtown. 
in the combined games three and four this weekend in Chicago. That's not going to get it done. And if you got to have a special defense to stop him, you're already in trouble because after game three, both teams know each other's place. You're not running anything exotic uh, during the playoffs. We all know what the playoffs are all about. It's about adjustments and matchups. The, right now, the Bulls are just not matching up with Milwaukee. They're not matching their intensity. They're not matching their uh, matching their production. The Milwaukee Bucks bench, uh, they're taking it upon their shoulders to pick up the low uh, in absence of Chris Milton, while the Bulls are just running around feeling sorry for themselves. I mean, I think the frustration is setting in for the Bulls, and I think that you saw that in those last couple of games, especially on Friday with the blowout. So, it, it unfortunately, I think it kind of manifested on you know Sunday when look, I owe give him credit. He you know he put up some you know big you know I think he went back to back threes, and then he tried to kind of get the Bulls in it, but then you know Portis hits a you know a big three and all that stuff. And Love it. Saw, <laughs> and you know, well, yeah, and he you know, and Bulls fans, I, I think you know he was being you know all you know razzle dazzle and stuff and i think your know, bulls fans did not like that so that sort of you know the bobby sucks chant that's what it's, that's how that whole thing started but you know i i think you know it was just frustration for the bulls i mean they threw as much of as they could and i know everybody wants to make a big deal about uh demar DeRozan and zach you know leaving the floor right before the um the buzzer and everyone was, you know, our buddy Tony Gill, yes, I'm calling you out, Tony, actually compared us to when D. Wade and I think it was Rondo who did, oh, no, I think it was Jimmy, when Jimmy Butler was here that did it after that, you know, the playoff game in 2015 was last time actually were in the playoffs, 2017, I should say. And and I'm like, look, this is not this solely different. I mean, that that 2017 team, that was just like, it was basically with <laughs> Real Alpha Males and everybody else. So there was yeah, D. Wade played half that year. He told you going into that year that <laughs> that he wasn't going to play the full season because he have a bad knee problem. But that, mm-hmm. that's a whole nother issue when we will. Well, and that's a whole time. and the whole thing. And this is a whole different you know story. So I think people need to kind of just chill on that and such. And you know, Bulls Twitter, you know, being the knuckleheadedness mm-hmm. that knuckleheaded place that it usually is, and it's just just sort of <laughs> one of those things where everybody's always saying, "Hey, let's trade everybody. Let's you know, let's you know, Zach's not a max player, and blah blah blah, and all that." So it's just like oh, I'm just annoyed. It's sort of annoying, and you know everything. And uh, our buddy Vernon's uh, fairly, you know, what's up, Vernon says that Grayson is a uh, young Bill Lambier. Like maybe he might be. That might be the case, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, look, I, I think. Yeah, look, AK and Eversley have a lot to think about um, this offseason. And look, we'll see what they look. There's plenty of time to think about that. So we'll see what they do with it. But I, I'm just, you know, like, I don't, I, I've been hearing like sports radio and certain, not all hosts, but I think certain Chicago sports radio hosts are already kind of like going in their little tangents and everything. And I haven't really been listening to it the last few days because like some of their takes have been like just awful. But, you know, I'm not really, ain't nobody got time for that. So I'm just going to, you know, the Bulls had a really good season. We'll, we'll probably be doing this on Friday, and uh, yeah. But let's just, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But I think right now, let's at least try to, you know, extend and maybe make them earn it. You know, don't mm-hmm. don't just give it to them. Just let's just just do that. You're listening to Second City Sports. We're live in Live Color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakin here with you, discussing the Bulls' game four loss. Uh, against the Milwaukee Bucks, the, the Bucks lead the best of seven first round series, three games to one. Game five will be at Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee on Wednesday night. Lakina, you, you brought up the Zach Levine, Bobby Portis scuffle. It wasn't really a scuffle, it was a verbal scuffle. Bobby Portis fouled Zach Levine late in the game. Of course, Bobby had the had his arm and his hand around Zach Levine's face. Of course, Zach shoved it off and then both of them started yelling back and forth to each other. And Bobby Portis uh, did the uh, championship ring, pointing his finger to the mm-hmm. crowd. Uh, uh, 
I can see argument going both ways. I can, uh, I know some meme people say it was finally time for the Bulls to fight back, and then some people said uh, this was has nothing to do with nothing with Bobby Portis. Uh, why is he quote unquote rubbing it in? We uh, the game was already over. Why didn't need to do that? Here's my take on that. As I was watching that live, I said, yes, good for Zach Levine. The Bulls can stand up to the Milwaukee Bucks, but it's kind of too late. <laughs> You're getting blown out by 25 points. Yes, you were in within double digits through most of that game yesterday, but I'm glad that you fought back. But where was this attitude two and a half hours ago? Where was this attitude Friday? I mean, I think it was just frustration. Look, I'm not one of those folks that like to say, oh, well, where was this? Where was that? Where was the fight and everything? I just think that at this point at the season, yes, the Milwaukee's a better team. That that's really that there's really nothing else you can say about that. And you know what? Okay, like I said before, let's just at least let let's just at least see if the Bulls can at least sort of put up that fight and put up that, you know, that thought. Cause I'm not gonna go into whole like takes with with certain Bulls fans and folks who cover mm-hmm. the team and all that. I'm not gonna go through all that. Cause I think at this point, you just there's really nothing you can do. You just have to, you know, hopefully that maybe they can extend it to six and see what happens there. But again, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And then I'm at that point where let's, let's just move on. And look, AK and Everson got a lot to do during the off season mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll see what they have. And well, okay. Let, let's see. You'll have no more. They have no more fights. with Vernon. I, I wouldn't go that far, Vernon. I mean, you know, to, to say that the yeah. Milwaukee's just a better team right now. There's really nothing else yeah. that, that there's nothing else that you can say about that. I mean, I think they got the better players, they got the better role players and everything else. They got a lot of depth. Look, I think the Bulls got exposed for not having that much depth. So I, I just think that's really all you can say about the Bulls. And like I said, I, I want to move off this because we got other uh, playoff games to, to talk about. But I, I mean, in closing here, I, I just want to say that the Bulls did better than a lot of people thought this year. And they, I'm sure we'll get into this more on Friday. But uh, and look, I wasn't expecting them to win the series. I don't know why some people were thinking that they would. But and, you know, that's just I don't know what they were thinking. But who knows? You're listening to Second City Sports live in 11 Color Sports Zone Chicago. You have a question, a comment for us uh, during uh, about the Bulls or about the NBA playoffs in general uh, action from over the weekend. You can go to uh, Facebook's uh, Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comment section. We'll get them up on the screen for you. Like our buddy Vernon Fairley has been checking in. Um, shout out to you, Vernon. And you can do the same thing as he as he did. Uh, via uh, Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page, or you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Just uh, type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, uh, this is my last point about the Bulls. Like you said, we have to move on. Do they have a chance at Game Five? Yes, but Alex Caruso must be healthy to do that. I'm not sure if that's going to happen as of this uh, live broadcast. His status is uncertain for Wednesday night. Maybe that extra day between Games Four and Five will help them what help his cause but we'll, we'll see but uh, the the bulls just being overmatched right now as we said before and uh, i wouldn't expect anything less from milwaukee come wednesday night wednesday night at the fight forum uh they're at home they're supposed to close it out yes the fourth game is always the toughest game to win in any series to close out the team the bulls everybody including us here is counting them out as a fan i'm gonna cheer for them but uh, no one's giving the Bulls a chance. Uh, it's a perfect opportunity for them to uh, steal a game like they did last week in game two and stay alive in this series. But it's going to be a long, tough road for the men in red. Lakina, let's move on to 
we'll pick up the rest of the playoff action from over the weekend after the break. But I want to start off with the first game from Saturday. And it was in the Eastern Conference first round, game four between the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers. Of course, the news came out yesterday that Joel Embiid's right thumb will, will require surgery after the playoffs. He has a sprained ligament in his right thumb. But for for the, for the, for game four, the Toronto Raptors uh, uh, keep their season alive with a 110-102 victory. Yeah, I think that's, we'll see, you know, look out for thumb. It'll probably be the most famous thumb, you know, looking out for during the rest of these <laughs> playoffs. And because Yakum had 34, I know that, you know, and B struggled after injuring his thumb. So the team, whole team struggle. Now, if you're Philly, I think you can try to maybe perhaps maybe win tonight and, you know, see if we can maybe get and be the extra rest because he's going to have to have surgery anyway. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I think, look, if you're Toronto, not, that's not to say you're backing. You just you just extended the inevitable. We'll see. But uh, it, it's sort of one of those things where you wonder, okay, what is it going to take? You know, Harden has got to step up. Max, he's got to step up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tobias Harris has to step up. He had 15 points. So I think other the other supporting players for the Sixers have to step up if they want to perhaps try to get this series over and done with, you know, like that. Yeah, speak, speaking of uh, uh, Tyrese Maxey, he had 11 points on 4-12 shooting. Uh, no, he didn't have a good game. James Harden had 22, but I watched the majority of that second half of that game. Yeah, uh, he, he hasn't looked well in this playoffs thus far. And I don't know what it is. You can't say it's adjustment to him and Joel and B. They had time to do that a couple of months ago. So whatever is going on with him, he's got to step it up. Like you mentioned now, looking at that uh, – the, the injury of Joel Embiid's right thumb is not going away anytime soon. Tobias Harris, he had a nice game with 15 points, but he needs to do more so. On the flip side for Toronto, as you mentioned, Pascal Siakam's 34 points, but uh, Fred Van Fleet had five points. He left the game early. He's not going to play tonight in game five uh, with an injury. I know he's been injured uh, over the last few weeks, and that's going to hurt Toronto. We, we talked about last week, Lakina Scotty Barnes, who did um, – who kind of uh, made his? He did make his return, only scoring six points. But remember, he uh, injured his ankle last Saturday in Game One. Uh, it, it affected them in, in Game Two, uh, which he didn't play. So Toronto, uh, as of right now, their season is still alive, uh, and they held off Philadelphia at the end. But uh, Toronto's going to need more of their uh, production, especially from their bench tonight. Yeah, we'll see if they can. I mean, I think not having, you know, not being able to have. Now, that's what it could be interesting, especially, you know, I think Seattle's got to step a little bit more. The rest of the supporting cast of, you know, the Raptors. So it's going to be very interesting to see who steps up. You know, Gary Trent Jr. had 24 points to sort mm-hmm. of, you know, right behind Siakam. So we'll see what happens in that game. And we can probably do one more from Saturday, you know, until we go, you know, I know we're up going up against it. But this should be, you know, this is this actually just got interesting, the – the Jazz uh, is now, and the Mavs are now tied after a big win by the Jazz. And it's sort of interesting because they scored, they were down four with less than a minute left. So, you know, it was just sort of interesting the fact that they were, you know, that they were able to like, score, I think, like the last like 12 points. So, what do you think mm-hmm. happened in that game on Saturday? Dallas failed to execute down the stretch, unlike in games uh, two and three. It, it did cost them in game one as well, but they got away with it in games two and three. Utah finally woke up and say, hey, our season is on the line. Let's do what we have to do. We're at home. We're down 2-1, and we don't want to send our, our home fans disappointed, and that's exactly what happened. 
Uh, Dallas uh, brought back Luka Doncic. He had 30 points in 20 in 34 minutes of action, including 410 from downtown. He wasn't a problem. Uh, uh, Reggie Bullock, as we talked about in our last episode, Lakina, he had to step up. And uh, he, he's been a, a very good supporting cast player for the Mavericks all year. He only had 11, 11 points. Jalen Brunson had 23, but he only struggled shooting 7 of 18. And so he needs to step it up there. Uh, uh, Keebler uh, off the bench, Lakini, he only had three points. That was very disappointing from him. You really didn't get much from your be- bench. Spencer Dinwiddie, five points. That's just not going to get it done. But on the flip side, for Utah, Donovan Mitchell had 23. Rudy Gobert had 17 and 15. And so your, those two superstars uh, helped you right there. But it was Bajanovic that had 12 points, including 4 or 10 shooting from the field. And you had Jordan Clarkson, Clarkson one of the top was, six men yeah. in, uh, in the yeah. NBA, had 25 points. Yeah, all right off the bench. So I think that sort of propelled mm-hmm. him, of course. You know, we'll see if they can be able to get a pivotal game five tonight. So we'll see who can take control of the series. I think the Dallas if it'll fail execution, I think that's what cost them the game right there. And mm-hmm. we'll see if, you know, if the Jazz can you know extend the series and take control of it. So we're gonna take a really quick break. We're gonna talk more um NBA playoffs and uh a series that shouldn't be extended, but somehow it is because you know the one of their stars had probably their worst shooting nights of his career, and also to some other uh great playoff matchups. And while like one team is looking to uh, Hopefully, seal their win and uh, yeah, some other stuff too. Second City Sports, Sports on Chicago, Cindy Brown, Lakina McGee, and we'll see you right after this. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 and with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color on the Monday edition, right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. You have a question or comment for us about the Bulls or the NBA playoffs from this weekend? You can do so by going to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Continue our playoff NBA playoffs re- uh, review from the weekend. Let's go back to the Eastern Conference. Lakina, game uh, four between. Uh, game three, rather. Woo, good grief. <laughs> game game four tonight. Uh, game three that took place last Saturday at the Barclays Center between the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. Boston came out on top 109-106. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant combined for 32 points, each of them scoring 16 points each. Uh, <laughs> it was ugly from the start. Bruce Brown led the Nets with 26. Jason Tatum had 39 for the Celtics, while Jalen Brown had 23. Lakina. Uh, I know we're going to break this down right now, but Boston's defense was very impressive. But Brooklyn, they had their chances to take over the game, especially early in the second half. But Boston was just too tough. And I don't know what's going on with uh, Kevin Durant, especially. I know he he had a uh, the first two games of the, of the series scoring rise. Uh, it, it's been around his average or close to his average. But let's, one, let's give the Boston Celtics defense credit. Uh, they uh, they've come to play and, and they're shown why they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. I happened to watch the Yes Network's post game show. That's the Nets flagship TV station. Frank Isola, great NBA writer in the Nets uh, uh, TV analyst, and he said something that pretty. If you really been paying attention, it wasn't earth shattering. He said he thinks that something's going on with Kevin Durant. He can't really pinpoint what it is, but he said something's just not right with Kevin Durant. And I said, yeah, watching him, especially in that fourth quarter, something isn't right. Your best players usually take over scoring-wise in the fourth quarter, and that didn't happen with him on Saturday. Yeah, you wonder, though, is something off, especially, you know, the fact that he actually, again, went sort of over for a little bit during that stretch late in the mm-hmm. fourth quarter. And But again, you know, where where was where's the supporting cast for the Nets? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't look Kyrie did what you know, he could, you know, eight, you know, 18, 16 points, I should say, but he could have done more. Seth Curry only scored 10. You know, Andre Drummond only scored two points. Now, Nicholas Claxton had 13 mm-hmm. and Patty Mills had 12. So I guess that's. You know, I guess that helps, but you needed more production from some of your other guys. And look, Durant had 16. Now, again, is it injuries? Is it mental? Who knows? But with Durant, but um, I just think that the team itself just isn't in a really good place. I think coaching-wise, you know, no disrespect to Steve Nash, but I feel like he's really not – we've seen the last few years, he's not the right guy for the job, it seems. So he may get the boot if they lose tonight. He might, like I said, we'll get to the yeah. rest of the playoff schedule for the next couple of days in a few minutes, yeah. but – uh, that may be the change that the Brooklyn Nets need. They probably probably not have a choice. I think that's going to be yeah. one of the issues. There are a whole lot of issues. I know Ben Simmons. He was supposed to play, but now he's not. I mean, I wouldn't play him. You know, you're down three zero. Like, yeah, I told you, Lakina. As soon as I see him actually in the uniform or on the court, he doesn't matter to me. He really yeah, doesn't. Yeah, it's sort of like okay, you know what? Yeah, you were gonna. You probably was gonna play anyway, even if they had won that game, but. You know, it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I think the Nets are at a crossroads right now. I think this team was put together. You know, they, they tried it, you know, with KD, Kyrie, and Harden. That didn't work. Then you brought in Ben Simmons. He couldn't even get him on the floor, 
that's not working. And now, you know, KD has been struggling. You don't know if it's mental or physical, who knows? We'll, we'll, you know, time will tell on that, but I, I just don't know what to say. I mean, you know, we've been talking about the next, the last couple of years, that's like the new, like, you know, dream team, if you will, or you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but it just isn't working right now. It, it feels like it's just, it's, I don't know what else you can say now going into the last yeah. game for, what what you say? A uh, couple of things. I got no mod on uh, YouTube. The co- it, the consistency of the defense, referring to Boston, has just frustrated Durant, and that's what we've been talking about. That's been the the major factor in this series. And on the flip side for Boston, I know Robert Williams, uh, their big guy, did return. Uh, he didn't do much on the stat sheet, but he b- did bring in that energy and that presence that the Celtics uh, uh, had from him. From uh, from most of the season until you got hurt a few weeks ago, so Boston's defense uh, intensity kicked up, especially in that second half, and they didn't get much from their bench outside of Pritchard's ten points. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum carried the day for the Celtics. Their superstars stepped up while Brooklyn superstars are winning disappeared, and that was the difference in Game Three. Definitely, and uh, we'll see what happens in Game Four. We'll get to that in a second. Now, the rest of the, uh, the last game from Saturday was probably one of the best games of the night. So probably yes, the weekend. You got the Grizzlies and uh, T Wolves. I mean, you know, T Wolves went were up big. You know, the Grizz catch up. The Grizzlies got went up by like eight points, but then you know, T Wolves caught up. You know, Carl Anthony Towns had a big shot that propelled us to that win. Now the series is tied two two. You know, there's a little bit of friendly little jar in between uh, John Morant's dad and, you know, Cat's dad. So it's just that's been, the, coming the, that's been the, one of the best storylines so far, not just in this series, but in the whole playoffs. It, 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 it's great to see uh, great parents, especially uh, fathers, supporting their sons. And you can tell it's uh, pure, genuine, genuine support. It's not those who are not, quote unquote, just acting up for the cameras. I don't get that feel here. There's pure, genuine love for their sons. Yeah, they should be having their own show, I think. I think they definitely need a you know, Bravo or you know, somebody <laughs> needs to call them. It's just, you know, it's crazy. They got, but they have a great personality. Now, going to the game itself, um, you know, Moran had 11 points, so he was sort of a little bit banged up. So we'll see if that injury, um, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how he is injury-wise. Um, Desmond Bay had 34 leading the way there, but that wasn't enough. It was uh, Carl Towns, of course, had 33 points, like we mm-hmm. said. Uh, Anthony Edwards, who got a little bit banged up too, but came back, he had 24 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of, you know, there they was really their bench guy. Jordan McLaughlin had 16 off the bench, was a career high for him. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's really been like the support players now. In this case, it's he will supporting players, definitely helping propel them to that win. Yeah, and Patrick Beverly picking up a technical, technical foul. <laughs> What's new with him? <laughs> he he brought the energy. He brought the spark, like he's been doing throughout these playoffs. He had 17 points, five assists, and two rebounds. He missed two key free throws, Lakina, but Minnesota got away with it. Of course, Carl Anthony Towns hit his for Minnesota to go up four. Of course, Desmond Bain hit that long three at the end. And I know I don't know if you call Richard Jefferson. He did the broadcast on ESPN with Ryan Rucco. He said, "Back up, don't foul." Anthony Edwards almost fouled Desmond Bain. He beautiful touched him a little uh, inch. Further, that would have been a, a potential four-point play for Memphis. So uh, Minnesota, their young team as well, and this is their first time going through this playoff experience as a group. But Anthony Edwards almost got caught with his pants down. So, But Minnesota, they outlasted the Grizzlies to tie this uh, best-of-seven series at two games apiece. Now it's the best two out of three. Now you mentioned Lakina. All se- we mentioned all this all season long. The Memphis Grizzlies have played better without John Moran, but this is the playoffs. You need him healthy. 
Yeah, then that's going to be the thing where we'll see if that kind of comes back to bite him in the butt, especially if mm-hmm. he is a little bit banged up. He, you know, his t- limit, you know, his minutes are going to be limited. So we'll see what happens there. Now going into yesterday's games, uh, Denver uh, told Golden State, "Uh, uh-uh, we're you know, you're not going to get us just yet." One twenty six, one twenty one. Uh, the final there, and uh, it's really been you know we don't the Jokic did his thing you know he had 37, uh, 37 points but it was uh Bones Highland now if that name doesn't sound familiar and it probably doesn't to some of y'all but uh, no. he's, you know, he's, you know well, well yeah you know, he's a you know a, a rookie out of VCU well second year guy I should say out of VCU he was um the Colonial uh player no A ten I should say it was all mm-hmm. he was all A ten. It was one only only year there at um at VCU, and he had a career high fifteen points off the bench to help you know, especially a big shot late to help propel Nuggets to hold off the Warriors at least at least you know for right now. Um, and then, I know I know Green, you know Draymond, you know didn't play very much in that game. He didn't actually actually you know, he only he had ten points off the bench. I know Steph had his struggles. You know I don't think he played. I don't think so. Uh, you know, he had 13 points. Uh, Draymond did, you know, Steph had 33 off the bench. Kate Clay Thomas had 32, but Poole struggled, I think, for the first time in the playoffs. He only had 11, so mm-hmm. it was really sort of, you know, the the, the supporting cast for the Nuggets that kind of helped them stay in the series at the very least for you know, right now. Yeah, speaking of the Nuggets supporting cast, we talked about it on Friday, Lakina, at, at the they blew game three. Uh, to the Warriors, who was going to step out to help out uh, uh, Nikolai Jokic? It was Monte Morris yesterday, 24 points off of 7-11 shooting, including 5-7 from downtown. Eric Gordon, the former the, the former player for the Orlando Magic, he stepped up, stepped up with 21 points in 35 minutes of action, 5-11 shooting overall. He was very aggressive, in my opinion, yesterday. So it, it's the supporting cast that's going to help out Jokic, that's going to uh, help the different Nuggets stay in the series. They did yesterday by avoid being swept, but they got to do this again uh, in a couple of days against the Golden State Warriors on the road in San Francisco at the Chase Center. That might be a bit of a tall task. We'll see if they can. We'll see if they can extend the series. If not, or if the you know the Warriors are going to say, mm-hmm. you know, well, enough of this. Let's just end this end this series now. Now uh, the the last game, the Heat. The Heat. It looks like they're taking control of the series as they should. They mm-hmm. beat the Hawks. And it's sort of, you know, Jimmy Butler had one of his best games in the playoffs in the last few years, had 36 points for the Heat. Uh, Trey Young, you know, he got a little bit banged up. He struggled a little a bit. And it was sort of been, you know, one of those days where this sort of been the thing that kind of, and also their defense, too. They were stifling Young and some of their other guys. And, look, Atlanta did what they could. But once the second half, well, I actually moved through the first, the second quarter, I should say, that, you know, the, the Heat kick it into gear. And that's how they were able to take control of the game and perhaps the series. And you see why the Miami Heat are, are if not the best defensive team in the league. We told you this all season long, led by Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, and uh, Gabe Vincent, one of their supporting cast uh, cast members. Of course, the, the Miami Heat, they don't have the sexier names in terms of superstars, but each player knows his role, and they play it to perfection and give uh, Heat head coach Eric Spoza all the credit in the world. Now, going to yesterday's games, you mentioned outside of Jimmy Butler's 36, Bam Adebayo had 14 points, eight rebounds. Uh, Gabe Vincent had 11 points, including three and six shooting from downtown. And off the bench for the Miami Heat, Victor Oladipo. I know uh, it was some of it was garbage time late, but he had six points off the bench in 23 minutes of action. Duncan Robinson didn't contribute much, but you, you're not sweating that he's been one of their good guys off the bench all year, but he struggled just scoring three points. And also to P.J. Tucker, remember him? 
Mm -hmm. um, from the Milwaukee Bucks last year who got a ring with them. He had 14 points and eight rebounds uh, at the starting five. So you're getting contributions from other guys besides Jimmy Butler. It's an all-around team effort for the Miami Heat. I was really disappointed for Atlanta. I, I know that uh, Hunter stepped up. DeAndre Hunter stepped yeah, up with 24 up. for the Hawks, but Trey Young struggled once again. He's not had a good playoff, unlike a year ago in his playoff debut, beating Nixon and helping Atlanta get to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's not had a good playoffs this year. He only had nine points. Uh, that's not going to get it done. Click Capella, who I thought was going to step up uh, even bigger last night, two points and four rebounds and only 21 minutes of action. That's not going to get it done either. And we'll see what happens. I think tomorrow they play. So uh, we'll see. I think, but if you're the Heat, you better try to you know, go for the knockout punch now. You got them on the ropes. Mm-hmm. Let's just, you know, go, you know, go for the punch and see, let's see if they can, you know, finish the series up. Now, the last game. Yeah, from this we have weekend, a comment. Yeah, we have a comment uh, first from our guy, Nomad. Uh, Nomad. Uh, uh, Nomad. The Heat are yeah, the YouTube. only team co- co- capable of talking, of taking the Bucks out in the East. Look, I got the, look, I, I got the Heat coming out of the East anyway. So. You know, I think they've had they've split their series, but uh, we'll see once it gets they got to get there first. But you know, we'll see what happens there. Now, the Suns Pelicans, yeah, I'm a little uh miffed by this series. Uh, Sid, I know Booker's out, but you've got a lot of depth in the Suns. CP3 picked the worst time to have his worst playoff uh game of his career, yeah. Uh, well, these were the worst four points, 25% shooting, 0 4 on threes, and 0 4 on free throw shooting. We'll get to the free throw shooting disparity, disparity in a second because I think Coach Monty Williams has a little bit of a, a point here. But uh, okay, take that for data. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think he'll do that. But look, uh, Brendan <laughs> Ingham had 30 points, Valanciunas had 26, uh, you know, CJ McCollum had 18. I know that the defense has been very, I, mean, I know Herb Jones has been such a, you know, a, you know, sort of like mm-hmm. a, you know, a pain on CP3 side, but you know, you got a lot of depth there, Phoenix. You just step up more. I mean, Jay Crowder, you had 11, but you could have stepped up more. Cam Johnson, you had 13, but you could have stepped up. You could have, you know, stepped up a little bit more there. Uh, Mikhail Bridges, you only had eight points. Where were you when they needed uh, some big shots? I know Javel McKee had 14 off the bench for them, but not really too much contribution. So, I think if you're the Suns, you better wake up because now the Pelicans feel like they have a legitimate shot to win the series. Do they? Who knows? But if you're, you know, tomorrow's game, or I think I think they don't play till Wednesday, but pour it on them and don't let them up. And I think CP3, CP3 once we get into our previews, I think CP3 will have his best showing. But I, I just think at this point in the season, look, you had them on the ropes. You should have went for the knockout punch. You didn't, and now you're now you're tied two two for nothing. So, yeah. You pretty much said what I was going to say, Lakina, regarding the Phoenix Suns. I said on Friday, who needs to step up DeAndre Ayton to help out Chris Paul? And that's what happened in Friday's Game 3. Now, Game 4, DeAndre Ayton last night had, had some good stats in 33 minutes of action, 23 points and 8 rebounds. But everybody else, as you mentioned, reading out the, of the scorecard, uh, didn't do well. And let's be honest, in New Orleans, they were down 2-1. They play on their home court. Perhaps maybe Phoenix uh, took New Orleans for granted, thought it was going to be easy like it was on Friday down the stretch. Uh, This is the playoffs. You cannot take anything for granted. I still believe that the Phoenix Suns are going to win this series, but you better not let it get to game seven. You know you have game seven on your home court because, as you said, Lakina, you're going to give a team like that in New Orleans uh, that much more confidence, and those teams are very dangerous if they ever recognize uh, what they have. So, 
the Phoenix is still going to win this series, but like as you mentioned, Game Five is going to be key. Give credit to head coach Willie Green for the Pelicans. He's really been doing a heck of a job over the last month, a month and a half or so. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think Nomad, our buddy Nomad, just said it on uh on YouTube. He said that the Suns rallied pretty well after a bad game. He's not worried. So, yeah, I'm not worried either. But uh, if you're, you know, Game Five though, that that's pivotal. You didn't think you'd probably be going to a Game Five, but now you are. You better wake up. Now going yep. into tonight's games, uh, you have Boston and Brooklyn. Boston hoping to, uh, you know, seal the series up. Will they? <laughs> uh <laughs> conventional whistle says yes, Lakina, but the way Brooklyn has been playing, I know most people would say no. I'll be one of the few that says yes, Brooklyn will keep their season alive tonight. I think Kevin Durant is going to have a, a good game. Kyrie Irving is going to have an okay game, but let's see if Bruce Brown, in particular, Seth Curry, can can keep it up and let's even get something out of Goran Dragic. Uh, uh, Kyrie and KD both need help, and Let's see if the supporting cast can do it. Uh, they did it in game two. They just blew a 17-point lead, and there there went that. In game three, uh, the superstars didn't come through, but I think you'll get a total team effort from, from the Brooklyn Nets tonight. They don't want to be swept out on their home court. Yeah, I think they'll find a way to win it tonight, I think, because like you said, I don't think they want to – they don't want to go out like this, you know, especially not on their home floor. We'll see. That's at 6 o'clock on TNC at 7 o'clock on NBA TV tonight. Uh, the uh, the Sixers will try take two. We'll try again to uh, seal their series against Toronto. Will they? Toronto has a chance, but I think Philadelphia is going to put it away. As you mentioned, Lakina, the Joel Embiid thumb injury uh, is going to bother him from now to the end of the playoffs. And other guys going to have to step up, i.e. James Harden. This will be the game for you to do it. And hopefully, it, uh, no, all situations uh, don't turn out in your favor, but if Philadelphia can get a big lead on Toronto early, uh, you rest and beat, it, and and it trickles down to the rest of the guys. James Harden, this is your time to step up to have a big game. Uh, Tobias Harris, thank you, Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to have a big game. Tyrese Maxey, I don't expect him to score 38 points like he did in game one, but I expected to have around between 16 and 20 points. And this is about Philadelphia supporting cast tonight. You know that your big guy is playing hurt. It's time for every, everybody else to step up for Toronto. Let's see how much Scotty Barnes plays. Fred Fred Philly, as I mentioned at the, at the top of the segment, he's not going to play tonight. And so it's going to be up to Boucher and, and Gary Trent Jr. and some of those other guys just to keep them in it. I think it's going to be kind of sort of close, but I think Philadelphia is going to pull it out at the end here. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Philly will – it'll be close for a little bit, but I think you know Philly will pull away because I think they want to end this series and give – that you know that thumb of unbeats a rest. Now the last game at eight thirty, uh, pivotal game five. You got the Jazz and the Mavs. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Lakina, this... I don't mean to interrupt you, but I got I got Nomad on oh, YouTube. Shit. James Harden is a fraud. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> okay. start calling that on this show. <laughs> oh Lord, I think they're already calling them that on on Twitter. So we'll see. <laughs> Going back into the the, the Mavs Jazz game, a huge game five. Oh Jesus! Okay. Uh, what do you think about this uh, this pivotal game five here? Yes, I mentioned as we mentioned the Utah Jazz uh, finally showed uh, their their guts and their muscle on Saturday in Game Four, realizing that their backs were against the wall. Now Dallas has the home court advantage back. Two of the next three games are at Dallas. This perhaps will go seven, but I have Dallas winning tonight. Now that Luka Doncic is back, 
that should give them an extra boost, especially in front of that home crowd. Luka, as we mentioned, dropped 30 on Saturday. But it's going to be up to the supporting cast once again for Dallas. Uh, they they did it in games one and two. They came out the, their home court with the split with everybody playing well with Luka being out. Now it's time to match that effort again to help out Luka Dantage. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as we said before, I don't like how Utah has been playing since the All-Star break. You saw it uh, in games two and three. I think it's going to be a close game tonight. I know that Dallas is favored by three, but I, I have Dallas pulling this one out at the end. Um, yeah, I do too. I think home field, I think now that we'll see if Luca gets into a rhythm and we'll see what happens there. Now, tomorrow's game, you got to go this, go through this real quick. You got Atlanta and Miami, Miami, you know, hoping they'll have a gentleman's sweep. Do they, do you think they mm -hmm. do it? I think so. As, as we mentioned, Trey Young, uh, he has to have a big game for Atlanta. He hasn't had that game yet. Uh, for the Hawks, this will be the perfect time to do it. Your backs against a wall. You're on the road down 3-1. But it's going to be up to the supporting cast for the Hawks again to do it. They haven't shown up either. So outside of game three on fr last Friday, they haven't done it. So Miami's sense is the kill. They're going to play the winner between Philadelphia the Toronto series. They're going to play Philadelphia. So if you're Miami, you want to uh, end this as soon as possible and get your rest. Yeah, definitely. We'll see if they can do it. Uh, Minnesota and Memphis. Game five, another pivotal game five here tomorrow. Where do you see this one? This should be another classic game. Uh, uh, this series has been very entertaining to watch outside of game two, which Memphis blew Minnesota out of the water. John Moran, hopefully he's healthy enough to play. Memphis needs him. This is not the regular season anymore, Lakina. And this is the playoffs. As I said before, it's time to get up and go. Now, Memphis, it, Dylan Brooks had a nice game, game four the other night. I need to see him have another big game along with Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson and Desmond Bain. Hopefully he can keep up his hot shooting. If they could do that and get off to a good start, I think that Memphis can do it. On the flip side for Minnesota, D'Angelo Russell, we didn't talk about this on our breakdown. He only had 10 points. He needs to step it up more. Patrick Beverly, stop causing trouble, getting technical fouls. Just keep up your defensive intensity. You'll be okay. Carl Anthony Towns, you know he's going to bring it. Anthony Edwards, hopefully he's okay. You know he's going to bring it as well. This has been a heck of a playoff debut series for, for Mr. Edwards. So I expect another classic game tomorrow night. Should be should be a lot of fun there. Another uh, game five. I don't think anybody expected this. Uh, the Pelicans and the Suns. I'm going to keep it short. And yeah, not before out. Devin Booker's injury, no. <laughs> no. Well, no, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I, but I think the look, Suns got the depth. I think they're going to step up. I think CP3 is not going to have uh, – he's gonna, not going to be in a very good mood, so I think he's going to show you <laughs> why, you know, that he's one of the, you know, the best players in the world right now. And I think the other Suns will win it. I think the Pelicans will keep it close because they always have in the games that have got blown out. But I think the other Suns are going to show why they're the better team. And also, too, for the Phoenix Suns, it comes down to this rebounding and three-point shooting. If they can do those two things and get uh, and it goes in, in their favor, they'll win game five on Tuesday. All right. Wednesday's game is really the only game. Well, the only two games of no, you got the Bulls and the Bucks. Your know, time's gonna be predetermined depending on what happens in the Brooklyn Boston series tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And uh Denver and Golden State. Do you think Golden State, you know, puts the series puts this series away? I think they will. I think they well. They knew that they blew it in game four yesterday. They failed to execute down the stretch. Denver wanted them more. Of course, Denver also didn't want to get swept on their home floor. And so they played a, a that edge play a factor into it as well. 
Golden State will finish off Denver Wednesday in game five. I know they had the extra day off between these two games, but it's not going to matter. Golden State is going to do it. All right, and those are your NBA playoff games for this week. Some of the other other stuff are for you know for Friday. This is you know, for Thursday. I should say it's all you know predetermined how the other you know games you'll know, go out. So, um, assuming okay, we'll say you know Phoenix, New Orleans. That's Game Six, and assume assuming uh, Dallas and Utah after that, and assuming if, if Philly and Miami to wrap up this series, it's going to be kind of like a, a busy schedule on Thursday. So, but again, it's all all going to be determined by the the the, the outcomes earlier you know a couple of days prior so maybe we won't we won't preview those but you know those that is your nba playoff uh picture for this well for this edition of second city sports on sports on chicago yes like you know uh, who's been real quick i know we're going up against it but we have a less than a minute and a half left who are the surprising players that impressed you so far uh in uh in these playoffs outside the bulls bucks series um, I think Jordan Poole. I know he didn't have a good game last night. He's looked really good. Um, the big three for uh, Golden State. I think they're showing you why that they're they have multiple championships. You know, Jalen Brown's are very impressive too, and also Jason Tatum for the Celtics. Um, Jimmy Butler's looked really good for the Heat. Uh, I gotta say the Pelicans have been pretty impressive. They got a nice little future if they win and if Zion comes back. I still say it. You know, we, we won't we won't see him in a a Pelicans uniform. I treat him like Ben Simmons unless I see him actually on the court. Uh, playing in some actual minutes, he, he doesn't yeah. factor in. He's <laughs> yeah. not a factor. Yeah, yeah, I think Sorry. a lot of people feel the same. <laughs> I think a lot of people feel the same way. But look, I'll give uh, the the Pelicans credit for that for making it a series when a lot of us thought they would be blown out of the water. Uh, I think that's. Uh, I think who's oh, of course, of course, you know the, the Memphis, uh, Memphis, uh, Minnesota series. All those young players there. We'll see if they can keep yeah, Malik it up, Beasley you know, for, for me. Yeah, so. You know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Dylan Brooks, who I've been, a, I was a big fan of when he was at Oregon. I'm glad mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's finally, you know, they finally have a rhythm there too. So yeah, I think there have been a lot of impressive players and teams in the playoffs so far. What about you? Yeah, Malik Be- Beasley just mentioned from Minnesota. Of course, Anthony Edwards had, had that big debut a couple of weeks ago with the 39 P's <laughs> with the winning with Minnesota upsetting Memphis in Game One. He's been very impressive so far. Car Anthony Towns, he, he was in the playoffs once before. That was with him and Jimmy Butler were teammates back in 2016. Coach Tibbs was coaching that team. But currently Towns, uh, after a horrible game three, he's bounced back with, game, in, with a big game in game four. So I've really been impressed by him. Like you mentioned, Jordan Poole with Golden State. I've really been impressed by him. And those just some of the young guys just taking advantage of the opportunities. That's what you like to see on the big stage. Uh, so also to congratulations to Scotty Barnes, who won Rookie of the year and i think he's like the third raptor to do that i think or maybe the second raptor i'm not sure but yeah congrats i know i I was high on evan mobley so Mm -hmm. but you know look i think barnes look barnes like led the rookies in both you know scoring and rebound unfortunately he's hurt we probably won't see him for the rest of the season but you just want to give a a shout out to him and, and winning rookie of the year yeah, so congratulations to Mr. Barnes. Of course, Damon Stoudemire was the other Toronto Raptor mm-hmm. to win Rookie of the Year during the 95-96 season. Yeah. Hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead. You're listening to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We have to talk about baseball. Both teams in town are going in the same direction, and it's not good. And Lakina, I would definitely need your help. <laughs> we'll try to get through this together. And a, a former Chicago Cub grabbed a, the national spotlight last night. We'll get all, into all that and much more 
I'm Sydney Brown. That's Lakina McGee. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Kingdom McGee on the Twitter and at Kingdom McGee on the IG. You have a question or comment for us during during our now 60 minutes of a of a strategy against what we call a sports talk show left. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. We'll get them up on the screen for you. Let's start off our number two, Lakina, by discussing baseball. Let's start off with our local teams first. I need to purge you, Lakina, and I'll I definitely need your help. The Chicago White Sox right now are at a disappointing six wins and nine losses on the season. They are currently on a seven-game winning streak. After pissing that game away to the Minnesota Twins yesterday, six to four to the Minnesota Twins, Byron Bruxton, who struck out three times early in the game, had the home time game time home run in the eighth inning. In the tenth inning, had the three-run towering blast off a of closer Liam Hendricks. Lakina. Looking through that Minnesota series this weekend, you wasted a great effort with Michael mm-hmm. Kobeck on Friday. 
He looked very good. He's been looking great so far this season. I know our buddy Christine Manico, who's going to join us again on Friday, she talked about how he, he struggled uh, late in the season coming out of the bullpen. But he's been very good as a starter so far this year as they stretched him as they are currently stretched, uh, stretching him out. On Saturday's yeah. game, Vince Velasquez has was terrible, has been terrible all season. Uh, it wasn't a good day for the Sox. Of course, Eloy Jimenez injured his right hamstring. He's going to be out uh, six to eight weeks. I'll get into my theory on that in just a moment. And of course, yesterday, Lucas Giolito returned, gave the White Sox a boost in four innings pitch, gave up only four hits, nine strikeouts. That should have been enough to, to uh, help the offense, right? Wrong. Even though the White Sox scored more than three runs for the first time in 12 days, you still lost. It's and also, those two, and also no, two, uh, Liam Hendricks uh, walked off the mound funny yesterday, not just because he gave up the game-winning home run. He strained his back, so hopefully he's going to be okay. Uh, the, the injury list for the White Sox is growing. Tony LaRusso, I know he's going to get blamed for everything on White Sox Twitter. I'm not going to get into that too much, but here's the thing, Lakina. They're in a bad division. We know that, so I think they're going to turn it around. But here's the thing. Some of the guys on the injured list, you, you, uh, we are really underestimating their absence. In particular, Johan Makanda. Hopefully, he's going to return within the next couple of weeks. You're really missing his presence defensively. Josh Harrison, as I like that signing, as we talked about, Lakina, uh, coming out, uh, going into spring training. Uh, he got hurt uh, in Cleveland last week. Hopefully, he, he's, he's due to be back soon. I know Luis Robert, who did not play in that series against the Twins. Hopefully, he returns tomorrow. As, as the White Sox open up a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals. The White Sox are dealing with, with some injuries right now. Their depth is being tested. And I know many White Sox fans are begging for Andrew Vaughn to play. He's going to get his opportunity right now with Eloy Jimenez uh, being gone for the, for the next month or so. The White Sox still can get this done, but they really got to just pull it together and just start stringing out some wins here. And stop yeah, feeling think, sorry for I themselves. Think- yeah, I think they can. I think they will. And I, I feel like, look, this is sort of a stretch in the season. Look, it's a long season. You're going to have these type of series where you're going to have a stretch where you're going to lose six in a row. But, you know, look, you know, Buxton, you know, you win. He actually did score three, you know, three, that uh, three, he struck out three times. But, you know, mm-hmm. he was a big factor in why you lost on Saturday. So why pitch to him? I know people are wondering why even pitch him because especially with the 10th inning rule and such, you know, runner on second and, and, and whatnot after, right after, that the Sox actually scored to end up, you know, that, that took the, that, mm-hmm. that they, you know, when it got the lead. Now, again, look, I think, you know, also Eloy is hurt, you know, with a torn hammy, you know, he'll be out about three months. So, you know, he's going to be gone for a little bit. So it's sort of one of those things where I guess it's better that it happens now than I guess in September. But at the same time, though, if you're the Sox, you got to look, you should be able to have a, you know, a nice little get right series. I guess the Royals starting tomorrow. But it's sort of one of those things where you kind of need to get it together because if not, like I said before, you don't – it could be the lockout where guys are still not very, you know, stretched out and, you know, they're still in gameplay and whatnot. So, you know, you hope that more guys can step up. You know, they're going to have to step up more, especially with, you know, guys like Eloy being, you know, out for a little bit. So someone else is going to have to step up. You got a lot of depth there. Let's show it. So I, I really don't know what else to say about the Sox at this point of the season. But, you know – I don't, you know, look, you don't want to say that it's over with, with the Sox. You don't want to do that at this no. point. It's still very early. We're not even a month in the season yet. But uh, again, this could not, 
you know, can I, you probably could have had a better start though if you're the White Sox. So we'll we'll see if they can kind of get it together. And I think there's no reason why they wouldn't. They can't. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple of things with Eloy uh, in the White Sox. First, I know the White Sox said Eloy is going to be out between six to eight weeks. You know they're going to take their time with that. But just in case that everything goes on schedule, Akina, he's going to return on June the seventh. And who do they face? The Los Angeles Dodgers. Look at that schedule the day before they had the day off. And so if everything goes according to plan, and that's six weeks from right now. And so um, my prediction is that Eloy is going to make his return the first full week in June on Tuesday, uh, June the 7th, when they uh, host Los Angeles Dodgers. And that's if everything goes according to plan, of course. But you know as well as I do, uh, the White Sox, are, they do everything to protect their players. And the the biggest mistake would be to bring him back too soon. They're not going to bring him back too soon unless the season is getting out of hand. Even at that point, I don't think the White Sox are going to do anything to that uh, catastrophe because Eloy's one of the uh, one of the, uh, the best power hitters in the league. He's one of your core players on this team. So I don't think they're going to do anything to jeopardize his future. Which brings up my second point. At this point in his young career, do you consider himself injury prone? As you mentioned, he was out for the first three months last year. He didn't come back until early August. Didn't make an impact, but his play on the field has been so-so. And if, when you bring him back in between the six to eight-week mark, do you permanently put him at DH and, and stay his ass off the field? Or would the White Sox just go as business as usual? I think that's going to be a thing they're going to have to figure out. I mean, again, you hope that by that time he does come back in about eight weeks, we'll see if they can – we'll see where they are. They should be able to have a nice little run. Hopefully they'll be right there <laughs> near the first – you know, near the top of the, the central as they should be. But if things you know, are still the same, that they might – they might you know, that plan might change. So, But, again, we'll just have to wait and see because – I don't want to say that he's becoming like, you know, the guy that's very uh, fragile and, you know, I know I've seen some people say, you know, glass, like, you know, glass, you know, people are already calling mm-hmm. him glass with all the injuries he's had earlier in this, his career. But, you know, this is becoming very concerned, the fact that he's been able to, you know, get hurt. And you saw what happened. He was, you know, rushing, you know, charging up and then, you know, he pulled his hammy and the way he landed, um, it didn't look good. So. Yeah. We'll see, and it, it's gonna it, it's gonna be tough. I know some strength conditioning coaches. I know our buddy Sean said on on his show earlier that he thinks that sh- that guy should be at fault again. That's another. They fired another, their trainer last year, so yeah. what are you gonna do now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can't blame him anymore. But uh, exactly, <laughs> we'll see what we'll see what happens. You wonder that it's something else, but again, that's a whole another story. Now with the Royals, this series got coming up starting tomorrow. The Royals, you know, they're kind of right there with the Sox. They're five and nine right now as of this recording. And there's no reason why the Sox shouldn't at least win the series, if not sweep it. I know the Royals have given them the Sox, give the Sox problems, you know, for mm-hmm. years. So got to deal with Salvador Perez, even though they don't really have a lot of guys, you know, besides him. So, you know, I Bobby, think no reason... Bobby Witt Jr. is, yeah. is well, giving yeah, them a little still... bit of a life too. <laughs> yeah, they do too. Yeah, he's one of their younger, uh, the younger uh, prospects. So, but yeah, there's really, like I said, there's no reason why they, they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't, you know, win this, win this series. Yeah, they have Dallas Keiko, I believe, going tomorrow. I don't have the um, schedule in front of me. I'm looking at it real quick. Uh, Dallas Keiko, I know, is going in this series. I know he didn't look good in, it, in his last outing last Wednesday at Cleveland. The whole team didn't look good, so you can't just blame Keiko. I know he in his uh, debut start against Seattle a couple weeks ago, he looked okay, but uh, he, he he needs to pitch needs to pitch better and you um, uh, is the uh, the opportunity is there against a struggling Royals team. So Dallas Keiko just check will go 
on Tuesday. I know Dylan Cease is supposed to pitch this series. He didn't look that great in his last start at Cleveland, but he kept the Sox in it. The White Sox office has been struggling. And so hopefully Dylan Cease can get it back together. He has signed young talent. Hopefully the office can help him out. Dylan Cease will go on Wednesday. And of course, Thursday uh, afternoon, the getaway game of the White Sox will send loading Michael Kopech. Mm-hmm. I told you what he did on Friday as the White Sox uh, lost, uh, striking out with the bases loaded. Thanks, Jake Berger. But anyway, uh, Michael Kopech looked great in his last outing on uh, this uh, this last Friday at Minnesota. So the White Sox have their top pitchers going in this series. Like you said, Lakina, there's no excuse to at least take two out of three. I'm going to put the pressure on them to sweep. You're at home. You play better at home. That was the case last year. Yes, the Wells have given you trouble throughout the years. They beat you in the regular season series last year, 10 games to nine. I'm putting the pressure on them. They should sweep. You still have enough talent on this roster to do it. And you got two of your top pitchers going in this series before you face the Anaheim Angels this upcoming weekend. So I'm putting the pressure on them to sweep. Yeah, they'll be interested to see if they can do that. I mean, they're capable of doing it, but like I said before, It'll be interesting what they do from there. You listen to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Cindy Brown. I'm Lakina McGee. Going on to the north side, the Cubs. The Cubs unfortunately lose three out of four to the Pirates. They'll lose in uh, the game that probably could have, you know, split the series four to three. But prior to that, on Saturday, they scored three touchdowns. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm no, no, I'm serious. They actually, did score twenty. Bear down, runs. Chicago Bears. Thanks to our buddy uh, Matt Zahn, who of course we've had on the show, uh, CBS mm-hmm. Two, Chicago sports anchor reporter. The Bears did not score twenty one points in ten of their games last year. And actually, the cool thing is that Matt Eberflus and his family they were there, so they might have you know played off you know maybe that inspiration. Uh, you know that's the you know the third largest shutout in uh, MLB's modern era since nineteen hundred. Of course, it's the largest in Cubs history. But they were able to kind of you know feed off that uh, you know the, the struggles and the consistency and the, and the pitching. So they lose three out of four against the Pirates. Now they got to face the Braves. So this is going to be. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to uh, get a little bit interesting. But, you know, the Braves have had their struggles, too, this year. So it's a little bit, you know, a little toss out there. They got to go at Atlanta. But uh, I think the Cubs, look, you know, the Cubs are 7-9. and nine. I figured it's probably kind of where they would be at this time. Yeah. So I really didn't have their expectations up too high for them. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, but you go uh, take a deeper look within this Cubs team. Their offense is not nothing to write home about, but they can – Pound down some runs uh, besides what they did uh, last Saturday. But uh, Frank Schroedel looks like he's starting to pick it up. I know he struck out with the bases loaded yesterday, mm-hmm. which uh, which is always not good, whoever you are. Uh, say say uh, Suzuki, I know teams are starting to figure him out just a little bit, but he's still starting to uh, plug away a little bit. Let's see what adjustments that he can make. Ian Happ, he had another home run yesterday to bring the Cubs within one, but Pittsburgh uh, took three or four from, from the guys at the friendly confines. Ian Happ, uh, it looks like he's starting to uh, uh, make that turn. And also, too, let, let, let's just see if David Ross can continue to push the buttons to push the, the young guys. So far, they responded. But I'm also looking at the starting pitching. Kyle Hendricks was the beneficiary of that game on Saturday. He mm-hmm. looked okay. He didn't have to have his best, but he did just enough for the Cubs to win thanks to that offensive outburst. Marcus Stroman, hopefully he can turn it around. Drew Smiley has been okay. But I'm worried about the back end of that rotation, and I'm worried about the middle relief uh, in that Cubs bullpen. 
that's been an issue for the Cubs the last couple of years. Also, mm-hmm. Alfonso Rivas, Rivas had a, a, a solid weekend, too. He had five RBIs in that 21 nothing uh, shutout there. So, yeah, and it's sort of, you know, you're getting contributions from some of the, uh, the younger players, which I think if you're a Cubs fan, that's what you want to see and have, you know, keep coming into Wrigley. So we'll see what happens. You know, like I said, they got a, a tough series coming up against Atlanta. So, you know, starting tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see if they can kind of, you know, at least – Maybe just win one game. I think if you're a Cubs fan, you'll take it. But you know, at this point of the season, I think you just gotta, you know, just roll the punches and look. If they start, look if they as long as they stay kind of within that 500 range or right near like that borderline 500, I think that would be considered a really good season. You know, Strom actually you know, goes on tomorrow against Max Free, so that should be an interesting pitching matchup to say the hey, least. Max Free had a great game in his last sounding at the did. Dodgers last week. Whew. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so. Well, we'll see what happens in that series. So, Sid, what caught your attention in MLB this weekend? <laughs> Let, let's get the um, – <laughs> no, let me not uh, make up a phrase. Let's just get the, get the elephant out the room first. Did you catch Sunday Night Baseball last night? <laughs> I did not. I was watching playoff basketball, but I did see uh, former Cub Kyle Schwarber. Uh, right here! Right here! Like, them, yeah, them, but- them! They know it's right here! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Angel Hernandez was uh, the umpire of that game uh, last night, and uh, he uh, got a call, third strike on him, which was way outside, I will say that. And also, too, uh, just a bit to, outside. Needless to say that, uh, yeah, needless to say, Mr. Schwarber uh, uh, went, you know, bananas and such. It's already becoming a meme, it has gone viral. You know, folks already said, well, hey, this is how I feel after they run out of something over, <laughs> over at, you know, a restaurant or whatever, and, you know, run out of something on Amazon.com or what have you. So, but uh, yeah, it is. It's definitely. Ugh, I don't know. And also, but the, you know, the Phillies have had their run issues. You thought that maybe mm-hmm. they would, you know, score a lot of runs. That hasn't been the case so far. They were shut out uh, last night in that, you know, Sunday nighter against the Brewers. They split their series. But you know, it, it's sort of. Yeah, I think those Phillies got other issues besides you know Schwarber losing his temper. <laughs> it was right here. <laughs> oh, also, what caught my eye this weekend was uh, I did. Get a chance to check out this game, some of them live, going back and forth uh, between this game and the NBA playoffs. You'll see Boston Red Sox in the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, congrats to Kevin Kermeyer, who hit his first ever career walk-off home run as the Tampa Bay Rays defeated the Boston Red Sox on Saturday, 3-2. Three, three mm-hmm. uh, Tampa Bay had eight, uh, almost an eight-pitch uh, uh, unit combined no-hitter. Uh, that no hitter was uh, was broken up in the tenth inning as Boston took the early lead, but Tampa Bay came back in the bottom half of that tenth inning and won that game. Courtesy of that Kevin Kermeyer home run. It was an awesome moment for Tampa Bay. Actually, it was a very good game to watch. Sometimes you watch shutouts looking at it, it gets boring and it gets mm-hmm. it just drags on, drags on. But it was actually a very good game to watch. And as we talked about with Tampa Bay looking at as uh, they avoided the sweep here in Chicago last weekend. Their team doesn't does not have a lot of power, but they play fundamentally sound baseball. Uh, I like their bullpen, and uh, they're going to be a problem for some teams in the American League, especially in the AL East. And in Boston, I know they they beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year, but that was last year. This year could be a different story. So uh, those teams in the AL East can wake up. They better wake up because well, Tampa's they- not going anywhere. Well, I think there's going to be a lodge on the AL East. So yeah. uh, I think all of them had a had a pretty good weekend. Oh, now the Yankees <clears throat> won their series. And also to Toronto. I know they lost their series yesterday, but they looked really good too. Mm-hmm. I watched so, a couple of the games of that series. Toronto that is fun. no joke, folks. 
Yeah, Tehran. I know they lost. Uh, they lost a tough one uh, yesterday against Houston. But look, they got you know, they mm-hmm. won their series, so they looked really good so far. The Yankees looked you know really good too. You know they went you know, two out of three against uh, the the uh, the Guardians. I should say as as well. So yeah, speaking yeah. of that game, Lakina, I was watching that game live on Saturday. What the hell was that with the Yankees fans throwing stuff on the field after I, uh, the game winning hit? That was very uncalled for throwing it at the at the Cleveland. Um, outfielders that made no sense to me yeah that was always that was sort of weird to me that they did that sort of a very like classless move you think the yankee you know fans at yankee say it would be a little you know a little classier than that uh yeah. that was just and look they were the ones that i forgot who i forgot which one it was that scored that uh that that game tying uh the game winner i should say for the guardians so they were throwing it at them and that whole uh, outfield but uh yeah just a totally a class is uncalled for and come on uh yankees fans you guys know better so i, I don't know what what propelled them to that now what caught my eye was cody Bell. yeah glaber was a, torres was uh that hit the game was winner it for the okay well, that was glaber torres okay I forgot, I forgot who it was but uh yeah so that was just totally uncalled for and i know that i know aaron boone you know kind of you know sort of you know tried to apologize and such so you know, well, I'm sure next time they'll play, I'm sure they'll be playing again this year at Yankee Stadium. The Guardians will, so we'll see what happens. Uh, what what caught my eye was Cody Bellinger and uh, the Dodgers. They went two out of three against the Padres, mm-hmm. who were just hammering them ten to two. So <laughs> just a yeah, run. They're the right, they're right near the top at run differential. So it's crazy that they were able to kind of propel them in that respect. Yeah, and going back to that uh, that Toronto series against uh, the Houston Astros. The Toronto Blue Jays bullpen, along with their starters before they picked up Jose Barrios from the Minnesota Twins last year, it was the issue. I was watching the, the Toronto broadcast uh, over the weekend, and they point even though we're over two weeks into the season, the Toronto Blue Jays bullpen gave up around four and a half runs last year. This year is around 2.69. So along with that great offense led by Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, their bullpen has been magnificent, giving up only two, over two and a half runs per game. So as we, myself and Lakina talked about before the season, watch out for the Toronto Blue Jays. Their offense is dynamite, but it looks like they're going to put it all together with a, with a very good starting pitching staff to go along with so far the best bullpen in, in the league. ERA wise, so watch out for the Toronto, the Toronto Blue Jays. Also, too, over the weekend, uh, the Detroit Tigers, uh, Miguel Cabrera had career hit number 3,000 in game one of that doubleheader Saturday against the Colorado, Colorado Rockies in that first game. Uh, his family was there, he was greeted by his teammates and his family. And the Detroit Tigers fans at Comerica Ballpark gave him a, a great long standing innovation. So, Miguel Cabrera has over 500 career home runs in 3,000 hits. He's definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. So we we told you guys on Friday that we give our uh, advanced congratulations that we knew that this was going to happen. Now officially it's happened. We'd like to congratulate him again. Yeah, seven, the seventh player to uh, uh, reach 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Enjoy joining uh, Albert Pujols, A-Rod, Rafael uh, Palmero, Eddie Murray, and Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays. So a uh, pretty interesting uh, list there. So. Pretty cool. Yeah, and speaking of the Atlanta Braves, who they'll host the Chicago Cubs for three games tomorrow at Truist Field, they lost two or three over the weekend to the Miami Marlins. I know they trailed five to one in yesterday's game. They tried to come back, but they fell short. As Lakina mentioned, the Atlanta Braves are having their issues right now. They are struggling offensively. They started pitching; it's been okay, but 
offensively has been hit and miss. I know they lost two to three to the Dodgers around this time last week, but I think the Atlanta Braves would get it together. The Cubs are a sub-500 team at best. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cubs took two or three from down there, but you mentioned, Lincoln, I believe it's the first game tomorrow. Max yes. Free would go for Atlanta. That's going to set the yep. tone for that series, and I think Atlanta's going to take off from there. I think that the, if you're the Braves, this could be a get-right series for you. So yeah. the Cubs aren't that very good. So I know you guys have had your struggles Atlanta has. So I think they could kind of get that get-right uh, game. So we'll we'll see. We'll see if this is the uh, the thing here. Now, as we wrap up our baseball talk here, for this week, because I'm going to be I'm going to be jetting out here in a little bit, folks. So you're going to have said for the rest of the show after the break. But uh, going into y'all going to love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sure he'll have, I'm sure he'll be uh, talking some draft and you know NFL draft and such, and also to some. I know he's got some sports media news to you know to mm -hmm. uh, chime in on. And I'm sure there'll be some local stuff too. So uh, make sure you guys stay tuned and, uh, and watch my buddy. So he's going to do a great job for the rest of the the rest of the, uh, the time here. But. Uh, you know, some of these series, what, what caught your attention? I know uh, San Francisco and Milwaukee, they're finishing up their series. Um, mm -hmm. Colorado and Philly, that should be an interesting one, too. I know Colorado is kind of, you know, have fallen mm -hmm. back to earth a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. Boston and Toronto, that should be a good I'm one. I'm looking forward to this one, yeah. This, this could be a get-right series for the Red Sox. I know they're 79 so far this season. I don't know. They took it on the chin at Tampa over the weekend, but – uh, this is, should be a get-right series for them. I think they'll be okay, but as we mentioned, the Toronto Blue Jays out to a 10-6 record. Uh, their, their bullpen is very good so far, so I know the offense for Boston has been hot and cold here and there. This should be a heck of a series. This should be so much fun. They got uh, Nathan Evaldi against Jose Barrios. That should be a fun pitching mm -hmm. matchup there. Uh, Mets to St. Louis should be another good one. The game once uh, tonight, you got Max Scherzer and Miles Mikolas and uh, the so and the the Mets have been really good too. So yeah, know, they're twelve and four. They're at the best record in the league right now. So that should be a fun series. Yeah, how many star guys would Scherzer get? I'll say nine. <laughs> nine. I'll, I'll I'll get about a little under that. I'll say eight. Uh, Houston, okay. and Texas. That should be interesting one too. Uh, in state uh, arrivals there. Cleveland. This could be a get right series for the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Cleveland Guardians against the Los Angeles Angels of Southern California, as we call them. <laughs> Eight thirty-eight matchup. Uh, the uh, the Dodgers and the D-Bats. Um, the D-Bats, unfortunately, they haven't been very good this year, so I'm sure they're not going to take very likely. I know they've they've given them a hard time too. Uh, the D-Bats yeah. have against the Dodgers. Dodgers, so. We'll see what happens there. Um, Milwaukee is going to be starting a new series. They'll be facing Pittsburgh starting tomorrow. Uh, the Padres and the Reds. I know the Reds have lost like 11 in a row, I think. Yeah. Or something They're, like them that. And so, Oakland, even though Oakland off to a surprising hot start, them and Oakland are going to be a, perhaps maybe next to Baltimore, the three worst teams in baseball this year. Ew, yeah, just brutal. Uh San, uh, San Diego, uh, uh, Seattle and Tampa Bay. That should be a fun one. I know <laughs> Seattle's been looking really good. As well, uh, Colorado and Philly, of course, they, they continue their series. Uh, Baltimore and the Yankees. I know the Yankees are going to want their revenge. Yes. After <laughs> <losing> the <series. laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So I think they'll be ready for this series, I think. Uh, Miami and Washington, two struggling teams. Of course, we talked about Kansas City and Chicago. Of course, the White Sox, mm -hmm. Cubs, and Atlanta. We talked about that as well. Detroit and Minnesota. That should be a interesting one there in the Central uh, let's see. That's we talked about Mets in St. Louis, Houston, Texas, Houston, Texas, Cleveland, and and, and Oakland, and, uh, San Francisco, the Battle of the Bay. I know San Fran has struggled yeah. a little bit 
So this could be a get right series for them as well. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. And that's, and that's your schedule for Major League Baseball for this week. Uh, coming up right here as you're listening to Second City Sports, Real Live and Eleven Cone on the Monday edition on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I'm Sydney Brownhead. That's me. As Lakina mentioned, she has to jet and do some other things as we call in the broadcasting world or broadcasting duties. And when we return, I'll give my thoughts about the who should the Bears draft uh, this coming Friday. Uh, even though the Bears will not have a first round pick, I'll give you my philosophy of who they should pick because there's some interesting things that's coming out of Hallis Hall. And maybe, as we mentioned, Lakina, maybe that's a good thing. They may have a surprise mm-hmm. or two uh, uh, on their sleeve. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, a former Bear has a new deal with uh, Sirius XM Radio regarding a podcast. And we'll have a whole lot more uh, regarding some sports media news and some more fun nuggets. Along with Miss Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, real live in living color. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar & Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports. We're live in the living color on the Monday edition right here at Sports Zone Chicago. I am Sydney Brown. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. And make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms. And make sure you 
you go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section, and yours truly will get the uh, comments and questions up on the screen for you. As we have less than a half hour left in the, in the show today, and and for the show today, and for the Monday edition of Second City Sports, former Chicago Bear Brandon Marshall's I Am an Athlete Media Company strikes a content deal with Sirius XM Radio, including a live nightly show. This this is courtesy of our good friends at Awful and Announcing. The former NFL. A player will have a, will have a co-host uh, for his podcast. I am an athlete, uh, which has been doing very well over the uh, last uh, few years or so. And with the rise of the I am athlete podcast, which started back in April of 2020, former NFL Brandon Marshall and and Fred Taylor, among others, has turned into a multi-platform media brand with merchandise, a wine deal, and more. Fred Taylor left. Uh, left early this year to launch his own podcast, but Brandon Marshall and others are still involved. They have now signed a deal with Sirius XM Radio. That deal will include a new nightly show, I Am Athlete Tonight, plus other projects and global ad sales rights for I Am Athlete properties. Here's more from the Sirius XM release. Sirius XM and I Am an Athlete, an athlete-led media network founded by former NFL Player Brandon Marshall announced today they have joined forces in a few expansion content deal that includes a live nightly radio show and other game-changing products. It will uh, it will debut Wednesday, April twenty-seventh. I am athlete tonight. We'll air live every weekday from seven to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that's on Sirius XM XM Radio. Other players are joined in this project. Will feature former NFL players LaShawn McCoy, Blandon Fowers, and Adam Pacman Jones, former NBA player Antoine Walker, former NBA player Chantel Tremiri, and journalist Omar Kelly are involved in this project as well. As we talked about uh, before on this program, people want and need options, and former players and current uh, players in all four major sports have a voice. You don't need the, uh, the the traditional media to get that message out there because I know that many athletes do, do not trust the traditional media. Of course, with the rise of social media over the last decade or so, is giving a voice to the uh, to the uh, players their own voice so they can control the message and so they don't have to depend on traditional media like ESPN and others to get that message across. Even though those traditional media outlets are still needed. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and podcast and podcast forums have provided uh, outlets for many people to get their voices heard, especially with current and former athletes. So, congratulations to Brandon Marshall uh, once again for I Am Athlete Podcast uh, doing a nightly podcast with Sirius XM Radio. Also, too, you had you, you take a look at. Uh, some of these platforms as well. Uh, people want uh, uh, different information and uh, different perspectives on a variety of topics. You uh, go to politics and, and sports, uh, yeah, any of the of these subjects that uh, people want to hear different voices. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, uh, people are uh, uh, tired of being lied to. They're uh, tired of uh, hearing the same narratives over and over again. There's different avenues for people to have different opinions. Uh, even some of the views that uh, that you don't like, uh, you still need to listen to it just to get to see what's on the other side. I know some people are uh, are uh, get caught up in with their own opinions and, and things to that nature. 
and so and many people are going to believe what they want to believe. But it's nice to hear different perspectives from uh, different people, and that's and that and that's how you grow uh, as a person and as a listener. So once again, congratulations to Brandon Marshall of the former Chicago Bay with the I Am Athlete led uh, athlete led podcast. It will debut uh, this week on Sirius XM Radio. Continuing with our sports media news, Spotify announces live shows hosted by Trey Ringo, Mark Schlereth, and Carissa Thompson. Both shows will debut tonight on Spotify Live platform. Spotify continues to expand its live coverage uh, with the audio program and announced the two shows they'll be debuting today. Trey Ringo and Mark Schlereth will reunite for one show, while Carissa Thompson of Fox Sports will host the other. Ringo and Cheryl will host Upon Further Review, a show focusing on the NFL, which makes sense given their respective backgrounds. Of course, Trey Ringo was formerly a, a was let go of ESPN over a year ago. Mark Schler has a, his own sports talk show in Denver, and of course, he works for Fox Sports uh, during the NFL season, during games with our own Adam Amin um, for the NFL of Fox. Carissa Thompson will host We're Good Here, a show Spotify Bills is focusing on her life and experiences over a long career uh, in the world of sports media. And Spotify Live is, is the renamed version of the Spotify Green Room shows that have been popping up for a while, clearly designed as an effort to increase direct engagement. It's sort of a hybrid podcast slash radio format where listeners can directly interact with the host for questions and more. The pivot to the format also offers Spotify more exclusivity over programming rather than listeners being able to find podcasts or any app. Participation in Spotify Live shows obviously requires Re- requires is also now available directly within the standalone Spotify app. Of course, uh, the shows, if you're interested, premieres tonight at 6 and 7 p.m. Eastern time. And so if you want to check uh, check that show out, that there's another avenue for you to hear different voices given their opinions. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Hall Chicago on the Monday edition, live and in living color, right here on Sports Hall Chicago. I'm Sid the Kid. I'm, I'm going to take you the rest of the way uh, uh, to the top of the hour, uh, give you uh, more news from the sports media world and more. And right now, if you're a Chicago Bears fan, are you going to uh, do you care about the NFL draft, even though your team doesn't have a first round pick? Do you? Because, well, we talked about this last week on, on, on during both of our shows, myself and Lakina McGee. Uh, there's not a big name out there that's, that that uh, that tingles your your fancy. Of course, the Bears, our Chicago Bears, do not have a first round pick this year, and so I know people as of right now, unless they make uh, GM Ryan Pauls makes any surprise trades between now and Thursday, uh, th- this team will have with their two second round picks. I know they have a couple of uh, fourth round, fifth round, and a sixth round pick. I believe following those two second round picks, and so. Uh, which players do you think that the, that the Bears should pick? Uh, give me your thoughts at Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Uh, type in your, your answers there, and I'll get them up on the screen for you. Uh, Nomad uh, checks in from our YouTube page. Brandon Marshall has been a really good business mind, and he's branded with some serious success. I, I couldn't agree with you no, more, Nomad. And and you know, like I said, I'm proud of Mr. Marshall again. And also he comes back with an, another comment that the media landscape is changing right before our eyes. That is true from the from where I am broadcasting now uh, using uh, StreamYard. You still have Zoom. 
and you still have other platforms for people to start their own shows, start their own podcasts and networks uh, to get their voices out there. Of course, I'm thankful to Sports on Chicago and giving myself and Lakina and other people an opportunity to get their voices out there. So that's uh, very important to have diverse voices out there. But back to the NFL draft, you're a Chicago Bears fan. What are you looking forward to in the NFL draft? Of course, uh, for many positions of need, you still need office of line help. You still need uh, a wide receiver to go with Darnell Mooney. But it looks like this team is going to build from within, starting with defense first. Of course, new head coach Matt Eberflus was a former defensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts the last four years. And so he's going to build from within. <coughs> from within first, starting with the you know, defensive line. With one of their two second round picks, can they go with the defensive lineman, or will they go with the defensive end? Going to a, a we assume a four three system, we shall see. Uh, will they pick up a, a, a stud wide receiver with one of those second round picks? This is the year of the wide receivers, and it looks like they're coming uh, any uh, any from everywhere. And so the Bears could, uh, do have a lot of options there. There's somewhere that they can go. Also, too, they uh, they need a backup safety. <clears throat> I know this is going to be a big year for Eddie Jackson because uh, ever since uh, 2018, early 2019, he hasn't played well ever since he's got that contract extension. So this is going to be a big year for him, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens going forward with this Bears defense. It looks like uh, this new staff is going to build defense first and put some playmakers, hopefully, around. Uh, going into the second year quarterback, Justin Fields. You have David Montgomery as your stud running back. He's one of the best durable backs in the league. He's one of the top three running backs in the league with yards after contact. So it's hard to bring him down. And let's see uh, what, what will be the percentage of the Bears running the football because we saw that with the Indianapolis Colts last year with a guy named T- Jonathan Taylor. He led the league in, in rushing in terms of yards and touchdowns scored from that position. Let's see if that success can transfer it to here in Chicago because we all know in years past that that's been the Bears' formula of running the football and playing strong defense. Let's see if Coach Matt Eberflus will follow that same for- format or will he shake things up a little bit? We'll see what happens with that. Nomad checks in again on our YouTube page. Uh, pick a stud wide receiver at 39, then start trading back to accumulate picks. I couldn't agree with you no- more, Nomad. Uh, the Bears, do, do, they don't have too much capital left. Uh, I don't think GM Ryan Post is going to try to get a first-round pick. You're going to get that next year, assuming that you're not going to make the playoffs for this upcoming season. You'll get a decent first-round pick. And uh, the, this team needs uh, more space, more roster space, and more young guys because uh, in for for you to win in this league, you're going to have to need, need young, younger players and younger players that fit your system. And I know many people, including your Shirley, are worried about the Chicago Bears uh, doing bad next year. But this is what happens when you bring in new people and new philosophies. New people are going to have their own ideas. They're going to bring their own people to carry carry out that objective. So the Chicago Bears are in, are no different than anybody else in the National Football League. I'm kind of worried about they're going to become the Jacksonville Jaguars of last year. So they just quote unquote giving games away, but if it helps in long in the long term, so be it. But whatever that was the dead weight from the previous regime in the Matt Nagy era, uh, those players need to go. So you give GM Ryan Poles a whole lot of credit for that. And Matt Eberflus, he's still trying to get to know the guys. I know they had the mini camp 
up at Hallis Hall last week for those three days. And so new head coach, Matt Eberflus, is trying to get to know some of these guys while preparing uh, for the NFL draft. And so I, 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 I think that the Bears are heading in the right direction, but it's, it's going to take time to see what they can do. I know some some people in the media here in Chicago were questioning Justin Fields' uh, performance in minicap. Remember, folks, this is minicap. All those players up there are not going to be here for training camp uh, uh, coming in in July when they go train at Hallis Hall at training camp. So uh, I know the, the quarterback position is the most important position in football and perhaps in all the sports, but to judge Justin Fields' performance in minicamp is just uh, ridiculous. Just hopefully you'll have uh, better players around him come training camp time so you can implement your system. Uh, everything's not done within three days in, in a minicamp. It's just basically players uh, moving around in pads and shorts to, to see uh, what this new coaching staff uh, has in terms of uh, moving forward with this franchise. And I got Nomad, again, uh, checking in on our YouTube page at Sports on Chicago. He says, don't underestimate how much talent will be available after the draft. That's true. Lots of talent won't get drafted. That's true. And that's where your scouting comes in. Thank you for that comment, Nomad. And, and this is uh, it doesn't matter how many scouts that you have in your organization. If you have the quality uh, of scouts that can do their job. And that's something that uh, the Bears have been quite been questioned about throughout the years. And we talked about former GM Ryan Pace, who's now working with the Atlanta Falcons organization. He couldn't get the picks right as far as first rounders outside of Roquan Smith, but he was able to pick up players later on in the draft, like David Montgomery in the second round a few years ago, Eddie Jackson in the fourth round a few years ago. So, and and some of the other difference makers that were picked in the later rounds, you had to give him credit for that. But as far as First rounders, uh, Ryan Pace didn't do so much. So we'll see what uh, Ryan Post could do uh, after, uh, during this draft and after the draft, uh, which players are available. So uh, it's a long way to go for the Chicago Bears, but we'll see what happens on Friday. And we'll we'll give you our, our deeper preview uh, coming up on Friday's show on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, who the Bears, we realistically think they'll pick. We're starting with the second round will take place on Friday. Of course, the first round, will take place on Thursday. Second round will take place on Friday. And, of course, the rest of the rounds, three through seven, will take place on Saturday. Uh, here's some of the names that's been thrown out there that uh, um, that the Bears are considering uh, picking up. Clips and defensive back Andrew Booth Jr. Also, two out of Texas A&M offensive guard Kenyon Green. Of course, as we talked about before, the Bears need – uh, offensive line help. I know they've been picking up bodies via free agency uh, throughout the early part of the offseason. We'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, Justin Fields def definitely needs the protection, all, all the protection he can get. And I know they've been working on his footwork as well, but still you need to have a strong offensive line, not just to protect him, but to also have a solid running game as well. Georgia defensive lineman Devontae Watt. Of course, as we talked about before, the Bears are, are looks like they're building in from um, from the trenches, especially the defensive line. Uh, it looks like Matt Eberflus is picking up the Lovey Smith uh, playbook of these guys being in shape, losing weight, being active to the ball, getting off the line quickly, pressuring the quarterback, creating turnovers, and that's what we would like to see as Bears fans: your your players being active, being around the ball creating havoc, creating chaos on defense. And so uh, we'll see what happens What happens there. Devontae White, the defensive lineman from the Georgia Bulldogs. 
has been rumored to uh, being one of the Bears' favorites. Of course, Penn State wide receiver Jahan Dotson, of course, as we talked about also too before, who's going to be that second guy to uh, be the playmaker next to Darnell Mooney. And we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Penn State wide receiver uh, Jahan Dotson. Also, too, a wide receiver out of Arkansas, Traylon Burks. I really like him a lot. I don't know if he's going to go in the first round, but if he happens to uh, fall in the second round, the Bears are in position to take him. I would take him. Remember, Arkansas had a surprising good year last year in the, in the SEC <clears throat> until they lost to Alabama. But they had a good year, and Traylon uh, Burks was a part of it. So if the Bears have a chance to grab him, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the Bears uniform. The, the Bears need a all the playmakers they could get, especially at the wide receiver position. Also, too, Florida Gators, their cornerback, uh, Khalil Alam. Of course, Jalen Johnson, and he's been injured the, uh, his first couple of years in the NFL. He's the only uh, defensive back uh, that the Bears have that's any good. You're on the corners. I can't even name him to tell you without Googling them. That's how bad they've been. And so uh, Khalil Alam may be uh, an addition that the Bears can – uh, uh, pick up in the draft. We'll see about that. The Bears need help, especially in that secondary. Jalen Johnson is good, but uh, you don't have anybody else who's going to be physical and, and make plays. So the Bears need playmakers, especially uh, in the defensive back position. Also, too, also too as, uh, as I mentioned, at the safety position, Eddie Jackson, he's been struggling the, the last couple years. And uh, how much does he have left? The, the money, uh, the contract that he signed a couple years ago, did that go to his head? It looks like it's apparently so. And so you need competition there too. Competition in all positions uh, breeds uh, uh, true character in players. Who's going to want it more? Uh, it brings out your best. It brings out your worst. And with Matt Eberflus at the helm now, competition is going to be at, at, a, at, at a cost right now. And rightfully so as you try to reset – uh, this franchise to become a winning franchise. It's going to take a while, but competition is needed. Competition is needed in all positions for this Bears team because they have a long way to go uh, to to become a consistent winner. I got no mod again from YouTube, uh, Sports of Chicago YouTube checks in and says, George Pickens would be a steal. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. The Bears are in position to, to perhaps grab a guy that most people don't know, but this is where your scouting comes in. And um, we'll see what happens. They need um, playmakers at all positions, but it looks like they're going to start with defense first and move to offensive line and, and wide receiver. But I think they will uh, pick up a wide receiver uh, in, in this draft. It's just a matter of which they're going to use one of those two second round picks, or they'll just have to find one later on in the draft. Nomad checks in again and says, it's an arms race in the NFL. Everybody's looking for weapons after they saw what Cincinnati was able to do. That is so true. The NFL is a copycat league, and all teams try to do it, but uh, only a handful of teams are successful at doing what the uh, the, the previous uh, champions from the previous year did. And we'll see what happens. We saw that with the Baltimore Ravens back in the day with Ray Lewis. They had the two fat uh, tackles uh, on the line. The Bears did that in 2001. They had a successful season with Ted Washington, Keith Trailer, and we'll see what happens. Like you mentioned, Nomad, the NFL is a copycat league. Everybody tries to do it, but everybody can't do it. Uh, we see what the Kansas City Chiefs, despite them losing at the AFC a title game last year, everyone wants to copy their office, but you need Kansas City players. We saw that here in Chicago after the first year. Matt Nagy did not have Kansas City players, and so 
you can try to run a system all you want to, but if you don't have players to do it, uh, it is going to be a long day for you. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago, the Monday edition. I'm Cindy Brown. I'm taking you home. Uh, we have the last few minutes left of the program right here on the Monday edition, right here on Sports on Chicago. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. You could uh, uh, tune in to anywhere else for program, but I'm glad to keep you guys company right here on Sports on Chicago. We have a few minutes left. I'm going back to more news uh, in the sports media world. It looks like Amazon and the NFL are trying to do some business here. And according to our good friends at Awful Announcement, a Black Friday NFL game on Amazon, on Amazon is reportedly now, quote, unquote, going to happen by next year at the latest. As per Peter King, Amazon is bidding between $70 and $100 million for this game. Back in February, John Oran um, reported that Amazon was trying to land an exclusive NFL game on Black Friday, but the league was, quote, unquote, lukewarm to the idea. Peter King from NBC Sports now writes that the NFL owners last month passed a resolution allowing the league to schedule two more uh, teams for a second short uh, a week game that could lead to a Black Friday game as early as the season. But King writes that this is certainly expected to lead one by 2023 at the latest. Here's more for the piece. End quote. The deal's not done yet. It's not as easy as it seems. There's some opposition in the league that about playing the game on November 25th. And there's a decent chance that the NFL will put off a Black Friday game on, on Amazon Prime until 2023. But it's going to happen, I'm told, by next year at the latest. Amazon has made a huge bid for the game. I'm told between $70 and $100 million for that Black Friday game. And that's in the same neighborhood of what the network partners have paid for. A wild card playoff games recently it seems like a win-win. And here's the last question I'll throw at you guys before you're surely close out for today's show. Do you want a Black Friday game for the NFL? The day before on Thanksgiving, you had three games. Uh, the Detroit Lions always host the game, followed by the Dallas Cowboys host the game. Fox and CBS, of course, NBC has been in the realm for the last several years with that third uh, game on Thanksgiving Day in prime time. And so you have three games on Thanksgiving Day. It looks like by 2023, you're going to have one game of, on Black Friday, of course, uh, the NBA plays on Black Friday, but there's no national game there. Of course, you had the National Hockey League uh, with the Thanksgiving showdown game. Of course, it was moved to ABC uh, uh, this, this season. You know, those games start early in the afternoon. But do you want to watch the NFL uh, the day after Thanksgiving? It looks like the NFL uh, eventually is going to turn into an everyday sport. I know traditionally they can't play on Fridays uh, during um, September, October, and early November because of high school football across the country. But as you see, in at, after the college football season is over, the NFL plays on Saturday, Saturday afternoons and Saturday nights. So of course, this upcoming season, they're going to have three games on Christmas night. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, their regular schedule will be played on December 24. Do you think that the NFL is going to, become an everyday sport. You have you already have Thursday night football, as I mentioned, Saturday football, Sunday, of course, Monday night football. Will we eventually see Tuesday night football or on Wednesday night football? I want to uh, get your thoughts about it. You can go to face, uh, Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube and type in your answers or questions there. You'll surely get them up on the screen for you. Nobody checks in one more time, it says, the NFL is, a, is America's favorite pastime, which is true. Forget all that nonsense about baseball. 
That is so true, Nomad. And I'm glad she chimed in with that because baseball at one point was America's pastime, but basketball made its way up through the ranks through the 80s and 90s thanks to guys like Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan. And, of course, football came came up in the 90s. Of course, it's the number one sport right now because, let's be honest here, uh, it's an old, dirty word in the room, but you're sure you're going to bring it out, and that's called gambling. We play fantasy football now. Uh, uh, gambling on games is legal in many states. It's going to be legal all over within the next few years. And so uh, you can place your bet through FanDuel, DraftKings, and some of these other gambling sites. And so I, we all watch the NFL uh, because most of us really love football, but but for us diehard fans, but especially for the casual fan, it's all about gambling. And, and with this new deal that the NFL signed before last offseason, uh, gambling is going to be a, a big part of the revenue uh, that, that helped propel the sport. You see the NBA is, uh, has been involved with it over the last couple of years. The NHL has followed suit. Baseball has followed suit. So you started to see gambling sites sponsor uh, the, these pregame shows uh, and being part of sponsor for these games. And so uh, gambling is here once it was considered the taboo, one of the dirty taboos of our society, but no more because People love watching games. You, they had to be entertained as well. You had to give them the reason to watch these games, and gambling is a big a part of it. And Nomad checks in uh, once again and says, people simply cannot get enough of NFL football. And that's right. But my question is, as a football fan, as a sports fan, would you would you want to see the NFL every night of the week or just let them stay a, a couple of nights a week? Because I think eventually it's going to head <clears> – <throat> Is going to uh, head to a 20-game season and not too long distant future. And you might see them just about every night of the week. And I know this is what the NFL wants, but as a fan, do you want to chime in uh, at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page and Sports on Chicago, Chicago on YouTube? Uh, Your surely has a couple minutes left to, uh, to entertain you guys for today's program. So the NFL is making great news, and uh, it has – we talk about all the time, myself and Lakina, the NFL doesn't uh, disappoint when it comes to news in the offseason. It's a 12-month sport. Everybody's trying to keep up. The NBA, the NBA is, is not too far behind with their free agency over the summer. And we'll, we'll see what happens. Will the NFL become a uh, – not they already become a 12-month sport, but will it become an everyday sport where you want to watch at least one game every night of the week? We shall see. They uh, they tried it with a couple of games a couple of years ago due to the 2020 season, and they did get some decent reviews, but do you really, really want to watch Tuesday Night Football, Wednesday Night Football, a Black Friday game following Thanksgiving? Uh, we'll see what happens. And Nomad Jackson, again, one more time, as yours truly is one and nine time. No, nobody would frown upon NFL football any day of the week. I know that's how you feel, no mod, but do other fans feel that way as well, especially with the gambling aspect of it in? But that's the way many NFL fans feel. Looks like you may get what you want, but we'll see what happens down the road. Thank you very much for joining us here today on Second City Sports, the Monday edition, right here live in the 11 corner of the Sports Zone Chicago. This has been your truly, Cindy Brown, taking you home for the last half hour or so. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. 
You can follow my co-host Keena, uh, Lakina McGee at Keena underscore McGee on the Twitter and the IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure it says Sports on Chicago. Make sure you download uh, download the Sports on Chicago app today. You can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can listen and watch them at the, at your own leisure. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch the audio version of Second City Sports, the podcast edition at Warren Anchor. We are available on all, all, all podcast platforms all podcast platforms there. Hard to get that out. And you can follow War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance. You are support. So this is Chicago sports schedule for this week. The Cubs will kick off a three-game series at Atlanta tomorrow. The White Sox will host Kansas City Royals for three on the south side. And the Bulls will try to keep their season alive as they'll play game five at Milwaukee on Wednesday in the first round of the NBA playoffs. For Lakina McGee, I am Cindy Brown. Thank you very much for listening to Second City Sports. You can catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, live in the living color from noon to 2 p.m. right here on Sports on Chicago. Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports All Chicago. Until Friday, take care of yourselves and each other, and go Bulls. Holla!